I want to begin in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in the jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all fell asleep. All became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones, though, said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. While they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came and said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, truly I tell you, I don't know you. Verse 13. Therefore, keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour. The parable known as the parable of the ten virgins is about being ready. There are other allegories, of course, within this parable that that people have preached on, but but the primary focus is about being ready ready. And being ready, this, the, these two words, being ready, is something that I've been thinking a lot about in recent weeks. In fact, over the past nine weeks. Let us acknowledge that, that, that most of us were not ready for the current situation we are in. In February, if you had told me that we would be living in this type of environment and in this type of setting, in February, if you had told me there would already be 70,000 deaths because of COVID-19, not only did I not think that anything like that would happen, I was not ready or prepared for that to happen. Neither was our nation or our government, our health systems, our our education systems, our, our church structure, the way we do church at Spencerville was not ready for that type of setting. And I would guess in your homes you weren't ready either. But, but this entire event has forced us to get ready and to get ready very quickly. Now we are, and even this week, we receive some rays of hope out there that we will get back to some level of normalcy and even hope that by, by the end of the summer there will be, be the opportunity for, for kids to begin school in a normal setting and for, for us to get on a normal schedule with our work. Those are normals that I want. But I don't want to go back to the normal of just cruising along, forgetting about the need to be ready, to be ready. And with that, we look at the parable of the ten virgins, the story of ten ladies connected to the bridegroom. These, 
these ten ladies at the beginning of the story seem similar and look similar in every single way. Ten virgins, all with lamps, all invited to the wedding, all a part of the wedding party, connected to the bridegroom, connected to the, to the bride, similar in every single way. Verse 1, then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. They have a shared task, a shared task to meet up with the groom and escort him to the bride. But something goes awry, we would say. The groom was delayed. The groom was, was set back in his time. Jump to verse 5. The Bible tells us, And the bridegroom was delayed, and all the ten virgins, all the ladies that were to escort the groom to the bride, became drowsy and they slept. A lot of folk get caught up in, in, in what sleeping means. Now here's what I think. Jesus never condemns the sleeping in the parable. What I simply think that the sleeping is trying to convey is, is an idea of time, of, of that, that, that there's been a long delay, and because there's been a long delay, people got tired and, and they slept. That is what I see taking place here. So it was a long time before the groom came. But then someone shouts, and, and the Bible tells us that it's at midnight. Someone shouts, the bridegroom is coming. Everyone must go out to meet him, verse 6. But it turns out some of the virgins are not ready to go out and accompany the groom to the bride. Because we've read the beginning of the parable, we already know what the problem is. Jesus gave away that surprise already in verses 2 and 3. He says five of them were, were wise and, and five of them were foolish. And the foolishness is represented by the fact that, that they didn't bring extra oil. They didn't prepare for the delay. So when the cry rings out to meet the groom, there is a problem. And we can already anticipate the problem because Jesus has already told us that, that five of the, bride, uh, the, the ladies, the ten virgins, were, were unwise because they didn't have extra oil. And so they have to go and buy some more oil. And while they are off buying the other oil, trying to get ready for the event that they were already supposed to be ready for, the groom comes. He arrives. If we just look at verse 1, and we skip over verses 2 and 3, and then we look at verse 5, we see that all of them were in this time of delay. All of them became drowsy. All of them fell asleep, we, real, we would see individuals that are very, very similar. We would say in verse 1, and also in accompaniment with verse 5, that all of the ten virgins were equally ready. And in fact, if the groom had come when they expected him to come, which for those that didn't bring any extra oil was immediately, 
then they all would have been ready. But things in this life rarely happen on our timetable. And the truth is, delay in any situation often causes lack of preparedness. When I say to my kids, guys, we're going to leave in five minutes or ten minutes. If we actually leave in five minutes or ten minutes, oftentimes my kids are ready to go. But if I say we're going to leave in five or ten minutes, but then I get distracted by something and then I start doing something else, when I come back to my kids, I find that that no longer are they ready to leave. They, they've now moved on to something else. Maybe they've taken their shoes off again, or maybe they've gotten out a bunch of the, the sports equipment out of the garage, and they're playing some game, and, and now I'm ready to go, but, but they're no longer ready. There's been a delay, and they've become distracted. Delays oftentimes lead to distraction. Some of the scientists are predicting that while we may go back to a level of normalcy this summer, in the fall, starting maybe in late September, early October, that there might be a second round of shutdown due to COVID-19. If that happens, I'm going to suspect that most of us will be ready. After all, we will have just gone through a stay-at-home order. We will have just gone through in the recent past uh, the social distancing mandates. The boys and I are starting to get our routine down at home, balancing school, my work, home, chores, exercise, etc. As mom is at the hospital working, we are getting into our routine. If another major wave of COVID-19 rears its ugly head in the fall, we'll be more prepared this time than we were in the spring, as will all of you. But what if COVID-19 disappears for three or four or five or ten years? Or or what if there's no major bug for the next four or five or ten years and then we get a different disease or a different pandemic? Would it be as likely that we would be ready then? Probably not. Because delay leads to a lack of readiness. Delay leads to a lack of preparedness. And honestly, that has happened to many of us when it comes to being ready, fully ready, for the last days of this earth's history and the second coming of Jesus. Talking to pastoral colleagues of mine, what we are seeing all over this country and I'm sure all over the world in our churches and amongst our members is an increased interest in our eschatology, an increased interest in in the study of final events in this earth's history, an increased interest in in, in spiritual things. People that I know that have struggled with the interpretation of end-time events, they've, they've struggled with this idea of how really is this persecution going to happen, how, how uh, they've struggled with the idea that there, there will be restrictions placed upon believers and upon our religious freedoms through the government and in cooperation with 
the larger collective global church. People that have struggled with these ideas are now saying to me, Chad, you know, I've struggled with some of the things that Adventists have taught about the end time events. And sometimes I've wondered, can that really happen here in the United States? Then they pause and they say to me, I see how we can get there from here. Some friends of mine are, are Zooming through, Zoom meeting through the, the old book, you might have heard of it, Crisis of the End Times by Marvin Moore. This event has caused them all to say, hey, let's go back and, and read that book we read long ago. Caused them to think about it and say, you know what, the end times are, are closer and easier to get to than we thought that they were. We can get there from here. And while I do not believe that God brought about COVID-19, I do believe that he is using it to wake us up and to remind us of our need to get ready to be ready. Not ready for COVID-19 or any other pandemic, but ready for the last day events and ultimately Jesus' second coming. It is important, and I'm excited, and I'm glad that people are in this time, in this season, getting ready, being ready, thinking more about the direction of this earth's history. I praise God for that, that that is happening in this season. But being ready is just one aspect of our walk with Jesus. Getting ready in the here and now is just one aspect of our walk with Jesus. We must also stay ready. It is not enough to just get ready now. We must also stay ready. If normal was going along, spending much of our time, not much of our time thinking about our readiness, if normal was, was living our life, not really paying attention to the things that are happening in the world and, and the signs that we are approaching the last days of earth's history, if normal was, was us being distracted from the things of Jesus by being involved in so many other exterior things, and if now we are finally taking seriously or more seriously our daily walk with Jesus, then I would tell you that what was normal before, we cannot afford to go back to that. We must stay in this new normal. Even when other things normalize, we cannot afford to go back to the normal that was before when we were not thinking about what is coming in earth's history. Think about it, folk. All ten virgins started out ready, but there was a delay, and only five of them stayed ready. Let's go back to our story in verse 8. The foolish ones said to the wise ones, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. Verse 9, 
No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. I don't know how they were going to find oil in the middle of the night. But I guess they did. Because the Bible says that while they were out buying the oil, the bridegroom arrived. And the virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, so the other virgins came. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. And then there is this tragic heartbreaking statement in verse 12. The bridegroom said to the ten virgins, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Oh, the dagger of that. When I read this, uh, a story popped in my head. I'm always thinking of what does this relate to in my life, something that I can connect it to, some feeling that I can connect it to. And a story popped into my head. The summer after my sixth grade, I was at camp meeting, in the Soquel camp meeting in Central California, and it's a long camp meeting, a 10, 11, 12 days, depending on how long you were there. And, and there was a girl there that I believe I'd met previously, but, but we only saw each other at camp meeting, and I reconnected with her. And, and this girl, I won't tell you her name because uh, she might be watching or some of her family might be watching. But she had just finished seventh grade. I just finished sixth grade and I was going into seventh grade. And she had just finished seventh grade and was going into eighth grade. And we hung out every day of that camp meeting, every minute of that camp meeting. By the end of those nearly two weeks of camp meeting, we were rock, walking around, and as long as my parents weren't there or her parents weren't there, we were walking around holding hands. Now, remember, I was an old seventh grader, 13 at the time. I'm not encouraging any sixth or seventh graders to be holding hands. But that's what we were doing. And over the course of that next school year, by the time camp meeting ended, over the course of that next, that next school year, we occasionally spoke on the phone, and more often than not, we would write letters to each other with a pen and and paper and envelopes and stamps, way cooler than text messages or instant messages or whatever else folk do now. And so I was looking forward to camp meeting the next summer to, to meet up with this girl again. And then I got to camp meeting. And this young lady who was now going into high school, so I guess she had finished eighth grade, so she was in high school technically, she was with her high school friends, and, and she was in the high school tent at camp meeting, and I was still in the junior high tent at camp meeting. And when I saw her, I went up to her all excited, and I, and I was like, hey, and I said her name. And she acted like she didn't know me. Literally. She, she acted like she had to ponder and try to remember my name. It was crushing. Now that was just cruel, and the groom here is not being cruel, but, but I thought of that story, that feeling of, of being excited to see someone and thinking you know someone, and then they, they don't know you. And think of those five virgins that came. They thought they were good with the groom. Hey, it's us. Carrie, Chrissy, Jenna, Leslie, Susan, it's us. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know you. 
What are your names again? How painful to think you know someone or you think someone knows you only to realize they don't know you at all. I don't want any of us, myself or any of you, to ever be in that position. So what is the solution? Jesus gives the solution in the, the parenthetical statement. After his, his, his parable, Jesus adds this statement to, to drive home the point. Therefore, keep watch, Jesus said, because you do not know the day or the hour. Here's another way of phrasing that. Therefore, stay ready. That's what Jesus is saying. All the virgins started ready, but only five of them stayed ready. Therefore, stay ready. Don't just be ready now. Don't just be ready because we're all in this crisis and we're being forced to analyze and look at things. If there is another delay, don't just be ready now, but stay ready. So how do we get ready? How do we stay ready? The only way I know, I only know of one way. We turn our complete focus on Jesus. We have to, to reorientate our lives to Jesus. One of the reasons why we're all more ready now for the COVID-19 than we were nine weeks ago is because we've all reorientated our lives around this new reality. If we want to be ready for Jesus and stay ready for, for the last days and for the second coming of Jesus, we must reorientate our lives. They must be different than they were before. We must turn our complete focus and look upon Jesus. What does that look like? Well, it starts by asking Jesus, to show me and to convict me of anything in my life, anything in our lives that separates us from him. This should happen not only personally, but this should happen in our, in our homes and in our churches and in our school. Are there things we are doing? Are there activities that, that consume a vast majority of our time that do not enhance our relationship with Jesus? Are there things that we are doing that do not help prepare us, keep us, ready for the second coming of Jesus. Then we ask Jesus to remove those things from our lives, to, to help us to be more balanced in our lives. We might be doing a lot of good things, but those, those, those really good things are, are taking us still away from the most important thing. We're going to talk about that more next week, and so I hope you'll join us for that message as well as we continue this series. We must keep the oil in our lamps. In the Bible, I read that the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. That's John chapter 16 and verse 13. The Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. So daily, we need to be asking for the power of the Holy Spirit and then going to the place of truth, the Bible, going to the Bible daily so that the Holy Spirit can lead us. He can be our oil to guide us through the truth. So that our lives are measured against the word of God. Not against all that is beyond that. Being ready and staying ready 
is about keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 tells us, let us run the race with endurance. In other words, let us stay in the race. Let us keep going. Let us persevere. Let us be prepared. Let us go to the end. How? By fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. It's the only way to be ready, and it's the only way to stay ready, to turn our eyes upon Jesus and to let everything else pass aside. I have this dream. It is not prophetic. In fact, probably some of you have had this dream as well. The dream is this. I am back in school. Most often, I'm back in college, back at Southern Adventist University. And in my dream, I wake up one morning and I realize that I've completely forgotten to attend one of the classes that I registered for. Now here's the problem. I attended the first day of class, but after that I completely forgot about it, and now this morning in my dream in which I am waking up is the final. It is the final. And I realize I haven't attended any of the lectures. I don't have any of the notes. I haven't read any of the books. And so I won't pass. Time has gone on and I've completely forgot about the class. I started out ready. I registered for the class. I attended the first class. But I didn't stay ready. Nearly 20 years removed from college. And that dream still wakes me up in a cold panic. Oh no, I forgot about this class. I'm not going to graduate. Brothers and sisters, I don't want to think I'm ready for the last days. Only to awake one morning when the cry goes out and realize that I was ready, but now I'm no longer ready. And I don't want you to experience that either. We need to be ready now. But even more so, when we go back to normal, we need to stay ready. We need to stay ready. Make Jesus first, last, and everything in your life. Today, tomorrow, the next day, the next week, the next year. Fix your eyes upon Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Jesus, I pray that you will help us not only to be ready in this moment, but, but once we go back to normal, it's, the devil is going to come into our lives. He's going to come in and try to distract us, to try to move us away from the things that we are learning in the here and now. Those of us that, are, that, have, that have been reminded that we can get there from here, we can get to those last days from here. Those of us that have been reminded of this may, may be tempted to, to go back to life as it was before and we forget all about our thoughts about readiness in the here and now, Lord. Help us not just to be ready now, but help us to stay ready. Lord, plant the Holy Spirit deep in our hearts that he may be the oil that guides us and guides every aspect of our lives. I pray all this, Jesus, in your name. Amen.